Let me explain that. There's a world that is prepared for you, but it is also hidden for you. It's also hidden for you that you cannot learn through the senses. It is not hidden from me. It is hidden for me. The faith that needs to be released for it to happen is only released when I speak this hidden information in a language that only the Spirit teaches. Hang with me while I go to the Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 through 16. We were in these scriptures last week, but, but th- this is why I am saying that, that you cannot learn these things that are hidden through senses, because the Word says, it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Not just before you were born. Not just before your mom and dad ever shared a straw with milkshake in it. Before the foundations of the world and for our glory. And I talked about this last week. We, we don't do well because we were taught that everything is for God's glory. But he said that he's got some things for our glory. And the things that are for our glory are the things that help us be able to manage this world in an enhanced level with his powerful Holy Spirit living inside of us. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. Oh, this is so important. The rulers of this age did not know, for had they known, just look at your neighbor and say, if they would have known, if they would have known, they did not know. If they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows, knows, knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So there's this knowledge and then there's that knowledge. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Say the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay? So I want you to know that what I've said so far is it's not coming out. I'm not flipping through a Pentecostal manual up here. I'm not flipping through the bylaws of Christ Fellowship Church. I am reading to you out of God's Scripture. This is His Word. This this is, is, is for us. So here's the thing. 
I'm sorry if in your spiritual life and your Christian walk at some time, somebody skipped pages on you. But we're not skipping pages. We're reading what the pages say. And let me tell you what happens when you skip pages. See, it's easy to do. When we don't understand something, we'll either get repelled from it, or I'm not going to do that, or we'll dismiss it, or we'll even turn against it. But let me tell you what skipped pages in your Bible will do. It will cause you to be led by something else other than God and His Holy Spirit. That's the danger. Skipping pages. You can't skip it. So this isn't our manual. This is His Word. John 16. Go, go quickly to John 16. Verses 12 through 15. Jesus said this. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come... He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that He will take of mine and declare it to you. The disciples did not understand. Number one, they said that, that he's about to go away, that, that he's about to leave. And, and according to this scripture right here, look at verse 7. Go, go back up to verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And Jesus said this, it's to your advantage that I go. I mentioned that several weeks ago. How could, and I told you that we'll get to it later. Well, guess what? Look at your neighbor and tell him today's later. Welcome to later. So I left you hanging for weeks, but we're back into it. It is to your advantage that I go. I've set this thing up systematically so that you'll get it. It is to your advantage that I go. I believe they looked at him like, what? I mean, their lives were already in danger in, in, in being associated with him, right? And now he's going to leave? And he's saying, it's an advantage that I go. How could it be an advantage that Jesus go? And, he's, and they already don't understand what he's saying. And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come to you. I'll tell you why it's an advantage. Because if he goes away. See, Jesus went teaching and preaching and healing people, didn't he? But if he goes away, the Holy Spirit will come and what was inside of Jesus will now be inside of you. How could that not be an advantage? It's, it, it's, it's hard to understand. It is. But it was an advantage. And we can look. We have the benefit of hindsight. Now, can you imagine being those guys who walked it out for the first time? Blows my mind. If I go away, what's inside of me will come and live inside of you. There is a life that has been put in my heart by a God who knows my future, who told it to the Holy Spirit, right here in Scripture, who searches the mind of God about me 
So the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of me, and he knows everything about my life. That's why Jesus said the Holy Spirit is a guide. You can't guide me someplace that you haven't toured yet. It's impossible. If you hire a guide, they better know everything about where you're going. Alan and Ann, you guys just went to the Holy Land. What if you hired a guide? You had a good one. What if you would have said, take me to the Sea of Galilee. I've always read about it. I want to go there, and then I want to go to the Jordan River. And the guy starts going, okay, all right, um, just right down here. <laughs> Come on. I think I, think, I think I remember where it's at. Um, y'all end up at a mud puddle. And you say, I always want to be baptized there. And he's like, well, well, okay. Close your eyes for baptism. That guy's not a guide. He's a scoundrel. He's got your money. And he faked you out because he hadn't been there. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to move past that quickly. But the Holy Spirit has been there because God said that he's been there. And this is what it says about God. God knows the beginning from the end, right? So the Holy Spirit, look at Ephesians chapter 3. I've got to read this. I know it's a lot of information, but it's necessary for you to get this. Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written about, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Holy Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Wait a second. Now, you cannot say that this was just for a certain time because he's saying, yeah, it was for the apostles and the prophets. Or, or, um, I'm sorry. It was for um, the holy apostles and the prophets. But now it's saying that the Gentiles would be fellow heirs. So that means they get it too, right? So what the apostles and the prophets got, the Gentiles would be getting too. That would be a good chance for us to say thank you for that, Lord fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power to me who am less than the least of all the saints this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make known I'm sorry, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the 
eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Another, your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. You see that? Internal, inner man. Him living inside of you. His spirit living inside of you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. It is saying that there is a glory that should be in the church for all generations. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes I wonder if we have any power at all. Sometimes I wonder why... We're not doing what we should be doing. And we'll look at God and say, God, why are you being silent? And I believe that, here again, I believe God would look back and say, why aren't you obeying? That's simple. Because as I go from this point right now and read on to you, I'm going to tell you where the responsibility lies. Right here. Right here. Look no further. Don't look at anybody else. Think of yourself. And I'm not saying y'all look at me. I'm not responsible for you. You responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we will go to his direction book to learn how to do it correctly. So that it will be effective. Amen. Okay. So this. There is a hidden mystery, and we, and we just talked about him hiding it. So real quick, I'm going to flip over to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, chapter 3, and I'm going to read on, and you can catch up to it. Verse 1 through 3. If then you were raised with Christ, in other words, you have received salvation, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So he's got something for you beyond salvation. A subsequent, a subsequent work to salvation. Set your mind. Oh, say my mind. Say it. Get, get the word mind in your head. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. I just got through telling you, get this thing, the way to get your mind. And when you get your mind elevated to be there, and you set your mind on things above, where Christ is. That word Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his function. It's his anointing. Jesus, the anointing. Jesus, the anointed one. So you get your mind focused on that, and then all these other things that happen, you're, you're safe because you're, you're hidden with God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is... Hidden 
with Christ in God. That's what it says right there. My life is now hidden. The things God has prepared for you will stay inside of you until it is released by speaking. The only problem with this is that the life that he has for you, your mind doesn't know what it is, so you have to bypass your mind. Romans 8.26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Please hear this. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. There it is right there. So he's got a plan for us. And the problem is our mind is getting in the way of that. Our mind is getting in the way. We're seeing external things. We're being moved by this situation that happened. We're being moved by what grandma taught us. We're getting moved by what, what, what a pastor says or what a teacher says or what we heard on a podcast. And he's saying, I got to get you past your mind. Because your mind, he says, we do not know. You can't know anything without your mind. And he says this. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Do you see that? That scripture that we've always jumped to. Anytime anything happens, the Christian will say, I'm just trying to be spiritual. So I, I, I know that... That, that anything that happens is going to work together for good, that those who love the Lord are called according to His purpose. Yeah, it, that, that's the equals. But the sum and the components of the equation are this. My mind would think certain things according to what goes on. So I must bypass my mind and get into his mind because his mind will pray the perfect will of God through me and it will be impossible for me to miss it. Praying in the Holy Spirit is the only way that you will ever pray with 100% effectiveness that you are praying his will and not yours. Because we pray according to what we see. And newsflash, we also pray according to what we want. Or how we think a situation should end up, right? Nobody ever goes into a situation and says, Lord, I know that I'm up for review and I don't deserve a raise. I hope I don't get it. I hope the guy that sits beside me gets it. He deserves it more than me. Now we go in, Lord, you know that scoundrel that works beside me, he don't need it. And he, he, he doesn't even have kids. And if he does have kids, he probably don't even support them. But look at me, God, your servant. We can get holy quick. But what if we learn to pray in the Spirit the perfect will of God? Can I tell you the stress that it would take off of the situation? 
tell you something else, too, just, just for good measure. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to, uh-oh, His purpose. You know what I'm convinced that the church wants to be? The called according to our purpose. We'll go years trying to find out what our purpose was. And I searched it out. I went through that even this morning. I looked that little thing up right there. And the only time I found about our service or our purpose is when Saul on the road to Damascus was knocked down by a bright light from God. And God said to Saul, He said, for this purpose, you've been raised. For this purpose, you've been raised. To go and preach the things that you have seen and the things that are yet to be revealed to you. That looks like that could be a pattern to me. So what if that worked for Paul, who was chief among sinners, insert me into that. And when I come into the glorious presence of the Lord, I should realize that my service, my, my purpose is probably going to be speaking the things that he's already done and waiting for him to reveal to me the things that are to come. I don't know. No amens on that. But that's what it looks like to me. Otherwise, we're just going to be running around, hey, what's my purpose? Pray for me that I'll find my purpose. I'm not praying for anybody else to find their purpose. I'm praying that you find his purpose. All right. Starting to get bug out on that one. When you pray in the Spirit, it is the only time that you pray and absolutely cannot miss God. Every other prayer you pray is filtered through your perception. What you've been taught, what you've seen, what you've learned, what you've experienced, what's filtered through your mind, what you've heard, or what they said. But if you pray in the Spirit, you get out of your mind and you get into God's mind. You pray according to His will and not yours. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. Oh, might as well go with 14 and 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Here again, I'm just saying. He's saying, why would I tell you not to go after these things? He's saying pursue it. He's saying go after these things. Why would I, why would I stand here and preach to you just being saved is enough? When he says pursue these things. Go after these things. That's what he said. Go after them. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. No one understands him. Nobody in the whole world understands him. Nobody means nobody. However, it, I'm sorry, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks Mysteries. I have to go back to this. First Corinthians 2 verse 7. 
But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Which God ordained before the ages for our glory. God gave a heavenly language so that we could speak the hidden life and release our faith in a mysterious language that I do not understand. That's what it says. And the enemy does not understand. Nobody understands it. You need to understand that. You need to understand nobody understands it. And he set it up and hid it inside of you. So not only would you not understand it, your enemy would not understand it. Can I tell you that's the wisdom of God? Because if the enemy understands it, he can set a roadblock in front of you that you never get it. Go back to the scripture said, if the powers knew what they were doing, they would have never crucified Jesus. Do you see this coming together? What it said, what it said was what it meant. Um, So why did God hide your life? We just said in Colossians 3 and 3. I'm a child of God. Now my life has been hidden with Christ in God. Didn't it say that? Why did God hide your life? He did not hide it from you. He hid it from your enemy. And he has given us a language that speaks directly to God. And the enemy has no idea what we are saying. The enemy is like, What's he saying? What's he saying? That's the one time you can totally confound the enemy when you pray in the Spirit. What's he saying? I have no idea. The enemy has no idea. And if he has no idea, he has no plan. And if you forfeit the Holy Spirit in your life, then it's just you doing the best you can. Yes, you're saved, but you're also in the enemy's crosshairs. Because for some reason you said, mm, uh, I won't do that. Not knowing that you're not blocking anybody but yourself. Jude 20 says this. You beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. You beloved, Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Jude 20, because there's only one chapter. But the first verse says this, to those who are called. This, this is written to those who are called, sanctified by God and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. There's mercy and there's peace, and there's love. And at the end of this chapter, he says, you will build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's how you get mercy, peace, and love multiplied to you. You can't tell me that it's not an advantage. It, it, it has to be an advantage. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So there's good, just in the English language alone, there's good, there's better, 
and there's most or best. And he said, this is your most holy faith. He calls tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, your most holy faith. Does he call it that? Thank you, three. He calls it that. Okay. The greatest faith you can operate, the greatest faith that you can operate in is where there is stuff you can't see. Hidden in an area you can't see. Tucked away in a spirit you can't see. And you can only access it in a language you don't understand. And you are speaking something you don't know to bring forth a life that is hidden. Did I get that right? That's what everything I've been preaching to you about the Holy Spirit equals right there. We could have gone, what, 10 weeks ago and started there, but it would have been very confusing if I had not given you convincing truths and not John's opinion and not a manual that I read. It's His Word that says these things. Let me say that again. The greatest faith that you can operate in is this, where there is stuff that you can't see, so, so your whole life that you can't see, stuff going on around you, and it's hidden in an area you can't see, tucked away in a spirit you can't see, and you can only access it in a, through a language you don't understand, and you are speaking something you don't know to bring forth a life that is hidden. Why do you think they say that it's foolishness to men? Sounds foolish until you've experienced it and you realize the power of it. And that it is real. When you walk in that kind of trust, it is your most holy faith. You're putting everything in the fact and the hope and the faith that he hears you and that he understands it. And that's the thing. Because when I pray in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm telling God. I'm just trusting that he knows what I'm saying and that his will will happen in my life. That's it right there. That's it right there. Two things. I heard stories about my great-grandmother. She lived in the mountains in um, Oconee County. It's, they call it the golden corner of the state. She was a Baptist lady. And people were brought to her from near and far. And this is the story that they said. They would bring sick people to her. And she would start speaking in this other language and lay her hands on them and pray for them. And they would walk away healed. I am 100% positive that I've had multiple, multiplied times more opportunities of education on the subject that she had. But also submit to you, she had an experience that I have paled in comparison to. 
because she simply believed God. This, this, this wasn't even a thing. I mean, if it, if it was a thing, all they knew is that, that that lady mumbles. That lady makes num, mum, mumbling sounds, and, and but they came to her to get healed. Don't you remember when they came to take Jesus away? One of the times they because they couldn't get him until he said, "You can get me." Other times because he laid his life down, they couldn't take his life. But one of the times that they came to get him, Jesus said this. He was wise. He said. For which one of my mighty miracles are you coming to take me away? And they said, not for any of your miracles, but because you claim to be the Son of God. In other words, we'll take all the stuff. We'll take the benefits, but we can do away with you. Story number two. I told y'all when we started this, that the Holy Spirit saved my life. I told you that, but I didn't tell you anything else. So that is now. There was a minister who took his wife and his daughter to New York City for a conference. And while they were there, they stayed in a high rise, and they were in the 13th floor of this hotel. In those days, they did not have air conditioning. So they would open up the windows. You've probably seen black and white pictures of that to get an airflow going in there. During the night, that man's wife was awakened by the Holy Ghost, and she was speaking in other tongues. She looked out and saw her daughter out of the window on the ledge, walking in her sleep. And she calmly got up, walked over to that little girl, stuck her hand out, gathered her up, brought her inside. This isn't part of the story, but I bet she closed that window. That little girl was my mother. That, I told you the Holy Spirit saved my life, saved your life, saved your life, saved the life that's inside of you, saved your life, saved your wife. <laughs> How about that? And Lord knows what you would have been exposed to. <laughs> Let me get the oil out and just anoint what would have been. Cast out what, cast out what would have been. Listen, I'm telling you, I know, and I feel the weight of this thing. I, I, I know that this is heavy. But according to the Scripture, there is a life that is hidden for me, not from me. And I'm going towards it. I'm going towards it. I'm not talking about crazy stuff, but I'm talking about something that is there for us. And I don't want to come to the end of my life and my life be incomplete from what I could have had versus what I settled for. Amen. 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 Praise you, Lord. 
I'm going to ask this because this is, this is heavy. I'm going to ask you, if you had a word for somebody else, that's fine. You could go to somebody and give them that word, but I'm not going to open this up for anybody to give any other words this morning because this is for you. And this is his word. And you need to weigh this out. And you could probably find all kinds of holes in my presentation because I'm just a man. But you're not going to find a hole in his word. His word says what it says. And I don't care if the world looks at it as foolishness. They're only looking at it at the way that he said that they would look at it. And they have not understood yet that he has a history of hiding things that are treasures. The Bible says that. And if you think that I've got too much dirt in my life to have any treasure there, let me just tell you, treasure comes from dirty places. Paul said, I was chief among sinners when God had to reveal this to me. Most of what I preached to you was from a man, Paul, this morning. Most of what I preached to you was from Paul. He has more for you than you could ever imagine. And that's how it was explained to me when I was 23 years old. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this. There have been plenty of times in my life when I had decisions to make. Important decisions. I'm talking about important decisions. And I couldn't find a resource to help me. But the truth is I didn't need any other resources because I could pray in the Spirit what was the perfect will of God. And it's got me to where I am today. And I'm believing it will lead me all the way home because He's good like that. Amen? I'm going to ask you to weigh these things because this is for you. And if you have questions, it's okay. And you can come talk to me with questions. But you can take these things to God because they are for you. And and I am not even supposed to be your primary teacher according to that scripture. According to that scripture, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. I'm just telling you what it says. And anybody that would knowingly know that Scripture and not tell you about that Scripture, in my opinion, could only be keeping themselves in front of you as primary instead of Him being primary in your life. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be in. I do. So, Father, it's Your Word. 
And we're grateful for it. I'm grateful for every ear in this room that has heard what your word says. And I'm okay if it brings questions because it brought me questions. And that's why living in a pastor's home, it took me till I was 23 years old to receive it. Till it was presented to me. Because I thought, I had, I had just had a lot of thoughts about it. I had a lot of things that scared me. I had a lot of things that, that I let push me away till I realized this was hidden for me, not from me. So I ask you, God, that you would open the eyes of our heart and the eyes of our understanding and expose us to your word and let that work inside of us and marinate inside of us and even even stir us inside to say, God, I want to know more about that. that. There's something to that because it's your word. Maybe you've never heard that before. So I pray for you because Paul had not heard of these things and he was chief among sinners and God did work inside of him very quickly. So you don't have to know God for 15, 20 years before he does this for you. So I thank you for your power, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you live on the inside of us. And there is an an infilling of your power that we can have that will help us internally so that we can navigate all of the external things. I give you praise for it, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm. I want to ask you guys to to continue to pray for me. This afternoon, I'm going to, two weeks ago, I'll, I'll just tell you this, two Sundays ago, it was a hard day. We celebrated Tammy Darlene's life. Part of her family's here today. We're still, we haven't forgotten. We're praying. We won't forget. How can you forget Tammy? She sat right there. One of you are sitting in her chair. And she sat on all up and down that aisle right there. Today, 3 o'clock, I'm going to preach the funeral of my longtime friend. One of the longest friendships. Not the longest, but one of the longest friendships I've ever had. 34 years I, I met this man, when I was 21 years old, and he was 33, and I thought he was so old. <laughs> I still think he's way older than me, but he passed away about 11 days ago, and I was there by his side as he passed away, and I'm going to be preaching his funeral today. And I've preached a lot of funerals, but I have not preached the funeral of someone that 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 I had that bond with, like we did stuff together for 34 years, way before I moved back to Fort Mill. I lived in Fort Mill 12 years, 11 years. Then we came back, but all that time, he and I would get together, we'd hunt together, we'd fish together, we'd talk. We'd talk about the Lord, talk about deep things. He's a special friend, and I'm just telling you, that's going to pull on me today. 27 years ago today, my dad went to be with the Lord. It's a heavy day. It's a heavy day, but it's okay. Because there, there's strength in the Lord. I have found that to be true. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching to you something that sounds good. Externally, things can be like this. 
But inside, there's peace. And I'm going to stay inside. He lives inside of me. But I will appreciate your prayers today. I don't want to fall apart as I'm preaching a message. I, I, I cried at Tammy's funeral, and it was hard for me to get things out. It's just, I, I, I love you guys. I do. I love you. And I, I'm trusting God that he's going to help us all. Y'all going to pray for me, aren't you? Y'all got that pray for Pastor John look in your eyes. I guess I'll come down there.